the Women of Color STEM Conference presents It's a Women's World. Apply the Art of Influence to Own It, a professional development seminar. Featuring Inclusion and Diversity Business Partner for Aerotech, Jasmine Brennan, Advanced Technical Content Developer for NetApp Incorporated, Mariama Beamer, Lawanda Penland Dunwell of Raytheon Company, and CEO of Sarsons LLC, Shauna Sarson. Ladies, this may be the single most important skill you have in your toolbox for success. Some people are excited when they hear the word influence, while others cringe at the idea of influencing others. How you feel about this word could be your breakthrough answer. You are always influencing others and making an impact. Yet, great leaders understand how to do this strategically. This seminar will show you proven techniques to make an impact, get results, and gain respect in the workplace. Without further ado, the Women of Color STEM Conference presents It's a Women's World. Apply the Art of Influence to Own It. A professional development seminar. Featuring Jasmine Brennan, Mariama Beamer, Lawanda Penland Dunwell, and Shauna Sarson. Good morning. Saying, ladies, I don't see any gentlemen yet, um, but I want to. Oh, yes, sorry. One gentleman. Good morning. I want to welcome you all to um, this morning's workshop. It's a woman's world. Apply the art of influence to own it. My name is Jasmine Brennan. I'm the inclusion and diversity manager at Aerotech, and I'm really excited to have the opportunity to help you all go through this journey of learning about influence from some dynamic, innovative women that I've had the opportunity to learn so much from um, in the short period of time that we've known each other um, and really looking forward to you guys having that same opportunity. So before we dive in, I have a handful of, yep, can you all hear me now? Okay. Okay. All right, looks like they got the door handled. All right, can you all hear me now? Okay, awesome. So before we dive in, a couple of housekeeping items. Um, we went through the front row seating for all of you that are closer to the back. I promise you we're gonna have some awesome nuggets of information. I encourage you to make your way forward. For those of you that are seeking credit for attendance, see the Morgan State booth outside. Um, and other than that, I look forward to really being able to dive into the conversation with these ladies. And so with that, I will go ahead and dive into introductions. Just give me one second here. What I'll do instead while I'm working on my technical difficulties with my facilitator notes is ask for the ladies on the panel to do a brief introduction of themselves. First, I'll turn it over to, to Mrs. Shauna Sarson. Good morning. I am Shauna. Um, I'm not gonna bore you with my resume. I have 28 years of work experience in um, human resource management and business operations, and I am here representing my own company. I am Sarsons Limited Liability Company, marketing, publishing, and consultation. 
Um, and this year, uh, it's, it's a new company, it's a new baby. So I am the CEO, the creative director, and the visionary of the company. Um, but I'm not everything. I have some staff now, y'all, whoop, whoop, in 12 months. Um, we are 13 months old. And if you know anything about babies, um, we're walking a little bit. And in our 13 months, um, celebrating that not only have we published my first novel, um, we just got the ink is not even all the way dry, but I am publishing an author who writes for Forbes magazine. Her book comes out November the 1st. Um, she is the mompreneur. Her name is Christine Michelle Carter. If you uh, follow on Instagram, she has a presence. And so, whoop, whoop, whoop. So that is me. Um, I am a real, relatable, relevant, renaissance woman, and I am a bad bleep in totality. <laughs> and I look forward to interacting with you all this afternoon. Love it. Thanks, Shauna. Appreciate it. So I get to go after all that awesomeness. Um, <laughs> thank you. I'm Mariama Beamer uh, at NetApp, the data authority. You might have heard that yesterday. Uh, I am an advanced content developer from NetApp University uh, with over 10 years of experience in uh, technology. I started as a software developer and held different roles uh, leading into the one that I'm doing right now, which I'm passionate about creating technical training for our engineers, our professional services, our system engineers, and just enabling them uh, because I do believe that knowledge is power and having the uh, ability to provide power through the content that I create uh, excites me every day. So. I definitely was not ready to give this awesome introduction, <laughs> so mine is going to be so boring. But um, hi, I am LaWanda Dunwell. I work for the Raytheon Company. I have been, um, I've been there for 20 years, and it has been the best experience um, ever. I'm a program manager, and what I do is deliver uh, products to our soldiers to keep them safe. So um, every day is exciting and important because you know, we want to make sure our soldiers come home to their families, just like we come, go home to ours every day. So, thank you. All right, folks. Well, thank you, ladies, for the introductions. And with that, we'll go ahead and dive into the dialogue. So we have um, broken down influence. And essentially what you all will learn is that it's an art form. And there are a lot of different tips tricks and tactics that these ladies will talk us through this morning about how not only to hone our influence, but really how to leverage it with a lot of intention. We'll talk through the reality of perception, empathetic motivation, the achieving nurturer, a role that I'm sure a lot of us are familiar with, and how to really strategize around that influence. So with that, we'll go ahead and dive in. Okay, so influence, as Jasmine pointed out, is actually an art form um, and just owning the power of it. And we all know, we've heard that song, James Brown, it's a man's world. No, it's not. It's a woman's world, actually. <laughs> um, it's, it's actually all of, all of the world belongs to all of us, but we all have a place in it. And if, um, obviously, you know, women, we are influencers. If you look at some of the most powerful influencers right now in our modern culture, look at Beyonce. And those of us who are old enough to remember when she was 15, you know, and she had the bad weave, and now she's got, you know, the Malaysian weave. But, like, literally, Beyonce can drop an album in the middle of the night, and shut, she shuts, like, the internet down. Like, 
like look at look at how she's transitioned over time. And then we have uh, Michelle Obama. You know, look at how influential she is, and look at Oprah. And they the, and I'm naming the ones who influenced me, obviously. So I'm I'm biased. I'm just sharing. These are the people that influenced me. But they influence us. They influence the way we dress. They influence the way we speak, um, and they help us to feel empowered. Um, and we may not have, you know, a, as big of a stage or, you know, as many people right now that as they have, but we are all influencers. You know, if, if you don't believe it, write a good tweet and watch what, what, what will happen. People will gravitate to it. So we all have influential power. It's acknowledging that we have the power, first and foremost, and then, and then developing our power so that it lands the way that we would like for it to land. And it's actually an art form. It's it's an art form. And just knowing, you know, what do you have? So, you know, I got to get clear. Okay. So women, the reason we influence is because we get things done. Um, and I, I'm going to pick on my little sister who's not here to defend herself. But she has three children. And um, she's big time in banking. And she um, is so busy, like so many of you in here, like super mom. She's so busy. But she has, like, this power of influence, first and foremost, um, she can be a little bit mean. So when she gives that look, you know, that mom look like, and everybody just straightens up, that's influential. You know, that's influential. Um, and she uh, does mind, I call them Jedi mind tricks with my nieces and nephews. She has the clean your room contest. Like all of a sudden, the person who has the cleanest room gets a Popeye's chicken sandwich. It worked. <laughs> it, 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 see, I don't eat chicken, so I, I'm, I don't know. But she was telling me about it the other day, and it works. So I, I'd say that as a funny, because it's still a little bit early. I want people to wake up. But when you think about influence, it doesn't have to be the big grand scale of like, oh, you know, Beyonce dropping this album. But I mean, just, you know, the fact that, hey, we're going to have the Clean Your Room contest. The first one to finish with the cleanest room gets a chicken sandwich. It's influential. And it's and that's an art form. How how creative was that of her to you know decide? Hey, you know what? I need these rooms clean. And if I yell, yeah, they may get clean. But then now the kids are sad. Whereas if I make it a contest, you know, and they'll take pride in getting their room clean. But they're also whoever wins will get a chicken sandwich. So when we look at it that way, it's powerful and it's actually an art to it. So you know, I'm I know everyone else has something to add to it because we have a great conversation about yeah. it. Yeah, I was gonna add. Um, so. The way I looked this up and the way we define influence is the ability to cause a reaction, an action, um, a behavior without a direct exercise of command, right? And so I, I say that because it's important to differentiate um, influence and manipulation, right? Sometimes we're trying to go, and the way I visualize it, if you are manipulating someone, right, it's kind of like a puppet. There are literally strings attached and you are doing a thing and they are acting, so it's direct exercise of command. Influence has nothing to do with that. You can think about it as maybe you're watching a movie and somebody is eating pizza, and all of a sudden you feel like eating pizza, right? Um, so it was indirect, but you are responding to it. You are reacting, right? And so think about that as you are who you are. You are influencing others. So what do you want a reaction out of them to be, right? Um, that's what I wanted to add to that too. Yeah. yeah, I think that's powerful. Yeah, and I think it carries over to you know your everyday work. Now, how do you influence your employees, your team, and maybe you're not the manager, but you still want to influence others um, to make decisions that align with you know where you want to go. And I think, and we were uh, talking about this yesterday. I think 
it has a lot to do with how you carry yourself, how you perceive, which will tie into our next topic. Um, but how do you carry yourself so that, you know, even though you're not the, the most senior person in the room, that people listen to what you say and have an influence, um, you have an influence to make decisions within an organization and you kind of say it in an offhanded way so that people are like, yeah, you know, I want to do that because, you know, that sounds like a great idea. Um, and it ties into the next one, which is the reality of perception. Um, this is a, a very interesting topic. My girlfriends and I, we've talked about this. You know, I know we've all heard, you know, perception is reality, right? Um, and, and I struggled with this initially because why is your perception, why is that reality if that's not who I am? Um, but we have to kind of sit back and just think about the truth in that. Um, regardless of how we feel about that statement, there's a lot of truth in how people perceive us. Um, that's their reality of us. And so, you know, really thinking about what plays into that. Because people have a perception the moment you walk into the room. And it's based off of, you know, stereotypes, generalization, um, gender biases. Um, and so if you're aware of those type of um, stereotypes, how do you navigate, navigate those stereotypes? Um, and I was talking to the ladies, you know, one of the things I did very early on in my career, um, I always dressed not for the job I was in, but for the job that I wanted. Um, so I maybe I didn't have Chanel pen back then. However, <laughs> I still dressed in a suit. Um, you know, I always carried myself, even on Fridays when we were more casual, you know, I wore jeans and a blazer and heels, always, always. Um, and my managers looked at me different. They treated me different um, from my other peers who looked similar to me. Um, I was presenting at program management reviews. I was in front of the customer. Um, honestly, I was promoted faster than um, a lot of people. I'm not going to say I was the smartest. I think, I think we all worked hard. Um, but I, I made sure that my brand um, I established very early on in my career um, still carries with me today. And I think that's important. Um, you know, making sure that your brand is something that you invest in, that you are aware of, that you define so that the perception that people have of you, you, you control that. You control it because you've established that. Um, and Mary, I mean, you have a great story with which you did early on also. Right, yeah. So um, I'm from Wichita, Kansas, y'all. Um, so, <laughs> um, and, you know, in my office at NetApp, if you come to Wichita, you probably are going to see a lot of people wearing very, very comfortable casual clothes. Now, I grew up, my mom always told me, do not ever leave the house underdressed. Doesn't matter where you're going. Even if you go into the drive-thru to pick up food and get back to the house, she'll be like, why if something happens, you gotta get out of the car, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> doesn't matter. And, and it was funny when I got here and noticed my husband, who was born and raised here, his mom also told him that. I was like, oh, at least we have one thing in common. Um, <laughs> but I, I started at NetApp, and I always felt like I stood out, right? I was always that one person, because everybody they're wearing, you know, comfortable leggings or, you know, uh, sweatpants or jeans. And here I was with my dress, and I felt really comfortable, because this is who I've been my whole life. However, people started looking, do you have an interview today? 
I woke up like this? No, I don't have, I don't have it in you today. Um, but I did lose myself in that because I wanted to fit in. I was tired of people just noticing me. And so I, I, you know, I changed, I wore the jeans, and I wasn't comfortable. So that's the importance of it's not about trying to fit in. It's about trying to belong. If you read Brene Brown or listen to her TED Talk, you've heard this before. Uh, but it's whenever you are the best version of yourself, you are able to actually make an impact, make a difference when you are comfortable. Right. So it's not about, again, I'm comfortable, I'm just going to go in pajamas. No, it's about being the best version of yourself and you're going to show up and you're going to do the work and people are going to notice on top of that. And that's also applying influence, right? By being you, other people will look up to you and want to do that as well. Yeah. And when we were talking and we were talking about the branding mm -hmm. and LaWanda, you mentioned the jeans and I expressed because I am curvy that I would never wear jeans to work, never even on the dress down because I was conscious of my body type. And I was conscious that even though it was a dress down, it could put me in a category that wasn't consistent with my brand. And we talked about how we often don't look at ourselves as a brand and we don't realize that we are a brand. And when you respect the fact that per perception is very much real and you develop a re respect for it, and like, like you were saying, why do they get to have a perception of me and that's not who I am, but their perception is real. And so how do I put myself in a situation where I am somewhat influencing people's perception of me and how do I do that? Well, first and foremost, like Rwanda said, knowing the stereotypes, especially as a woman in a business setting and especially as a woman of color, because I've said this yesterday on the panel, when, when, I, when I'm on the phone with people, I've learned because I make it safe for people to tell me um, that people, when I walk in the room, they were expecting me to be Caucasian because my name is Shauna. And the way I speak, and they were expecting to, me to be more of not as feminine, if you will. Um, I'm told, one person told me, I expected you to be about 5'10", blonde with a short blonde haircut. I'm like, well, I'm not 5'3", <laughs> on a good day, um, and not blonde, definitely not blonde, but I, I'm aware of that. So I am aware that people are not expecting me to be a woman of color when I walk into the door, um, and definitely not to look the way that I look and then my voice doesn't match my, I'm, you know, I'm bouncing. <laughs> but my voice is very, it's very strong. It's very commanding. It's very throaty. I, I can't whisper. Like, we, if we have to talk as a secret, everybody's going to know if I'm talking because <laughs> of the bass in my voice, I can't whisper. And, over, and initially, as a young woman, I, I felt some kind of way about it. I would try to mouse it down or just not talk. But then I had to own it. And... It's an asset. It's very much an asset because it's very commanding and it, you know, it's boom. It's like a boom system, like an 808, but owning your brand. And I like to use, when I'm mentoring people, I always ask them this question, what type of detergent do you use? And it's usually Tide or Gain. And I say, why do you use it? I always get the same answer because it smells good and it cleans my clothes. And I say, so when you go in the store where it's Tide, it's eye level, it's boom, it's in your face, it's right there. And Tide's been around longer than Gain because my grandma used to use that. And that logo hasn't changed. It's gotten a little sharper because of technology over time, but that logo hasn't changed because they're protecting their brand. They're protecting their brand. And, and those of us who use it, their stuff's lower, you know, and their stuff higher. And I know myself, I'll just tell you, you know, there's been times where, you know, I didn't have as much, like you said, the Chanel pin, but, you know, I go, I, I, I still get that, that Tide or that Gain. You know, I put the extra... 20 cents 
and and those of us who are who we know that brand and we buy that brand we don't even pay attention that at the first of the month the price goes up about 10 15 cents believe it or not because everybody gets money we don't pay attention we just go and we get it and it's about protecting your brand like now i have a brand and, and this is the color of my brand and i'm constantly in this color so that when people see me they'll remember oh that was the lady yeah she had the red dress on from sarsons i'm protecting my brand and then you had shared about how you had the five words with right. your brand. Right. So yeah, we're talking about, of course, your appearance. It's very important. It's the first thing that people see, right? Don't judge the book by its cover. That's not necessarily true. Um, so that's one aspect you need to, again, like we just talked about, make sure you, de you develop that brand, right? But beyond that, what do you want people to think about when they hear your name? Um, one of my first managers at NetApp, that's the first thing she told me. She was like, find five words that you want people to describe you as and walk towards that. So I actually still have that. It was about 10 years ago, and I still have that on my monitor, right? I'm going to share the five words with you. Some of them are already, are, those really describe me, and others I aspire to be, right? Um, and the first is ambitious. I've always been ambitious since I was little. My mom would tell me, I'll be like, oh, I want, I didn't say just one cookie. I want the box of cookies, mom, um, just so I can keep it safe, right? I've always been that ambition since I was three years old, right? And it's still gonna be part of me and I'm okay with that. But at the same time, that also means I wanna be realable because I, I try to take a big bite of the cake, right? But I wanna make sure I deliver. I want people to know that they can trust me from my friends to my coworkers to my bosses. I am realable. If I'm, I say I'm gonna do something, they know I'm going to deliver. So again, having that integrity in everything that I do was important. I also wanted to be smart because I never saw myself as a smart person, right? I will underplay myself in a lot of cases. Um, and so I said, no, right? I want people to know me and see, me, see my brains and know she's smart. She will have the answer. She will speak up when she knows the answer. And what she's saying is, is true, right? Because they're used to that. So that was the other one. Confidence is another thing that I work on every day trying to be confident and trying to develop that persona, right? That this is me and people will know that I'm confident. And the last one is compassionate. We don't talk about this a lot, right? We have to be compassionate. We have to have empathy towards one another. Those were the five words. And it's funny, um, <laughs> I have people that actually describe me as those words, right? So it's like, yes, it's working. I'm influencing <laughs> them, right? Um, so yeah, think about five words that you want to be remembered as Make that your brand to align with the way you look, the way you present yourself, and be that whole package. Be the tide that never goes away. <laughs> because that'll transition with you regardless of your title. Right. Or regardless of the organization that you're with, it'll just transition with you. And then you'll just, that'll be your brand. Right. Yeah. So that is owning your narrative. I mean, yeah. it truly is owning your narrative. Um, and something you said yesterday in this um, topic, but I love it. This is Shauna's um, brand, her, and it was, Find yourself and forever be you. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, I want to steal that. Yes. Yes. That's my tagline. <laughs> That's a tagline, yes. So, you know, I, I love that, you know, finding who you are and being true to yourself. Um, so I, I love that. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Absolutely. Ladies, thank you all for sharing those nuggets on how to build your brand while maintaining that authenticity, mm -hmm. but also being aware that as women of color, just women in the workplace, oftentimes there are generalizations that are placed on us that we have to be savvy about navigating. So with that in mind, let's actually go ahead and transition 
about how we can continue to build connections and leverage our power as women to do so. Oh, that's me. <laughs> yes, ma'am. I love the first one, understanding to be understood. Or is it understanding to understood? Um, we're talking about influence, right? But here we're talking about how you can influence others. But the reality is others influence you as well, right? Um, we always want to be understood. We all do. Each and every one of us wants to be understood. But we also need to understand others. Right? You think about difficult situations sometimes. You go in a room, in a meeting room, and someone does something to you. Your first reaction might be to be angry at them. Right? Um, but what if you pause for a second and you try to understand them? Right? Have that empathy towards them. Uh, so I don't think anyone ever wakes up to be rude, right? No one wakes up to go, I'm going to go in that meeting and not be, you know, be the bad version of myself, right? <laughs> no one does that. Yet sometimes people do act that way. So it's maybe say, oh, maybe they're having a bad day, right? Maybe something just happened to them today. Not taking it personally, you decide the influence that you want them to have on you. You decide to say, it's not about me, it's about them. They are having a bad day. I'm not going to continue. You know, it stops right here, right? So having that ability to not take everything personally. But of course, sometimes people do abuse it, so you have to address it with them. But once in a while, don't let that ruin your day. So also seek to understand others. You know, maybe bring them a cup of coffee and be like, it's all right, right? Um, do something for them. That's the first one. Observe. I really love this one because... How many in the room, do you have someone at work that you really admire? You're like, oh my gosh, right? We always have someone that we, we really admire. So have you considered really observing them? Not being creepy. <laughs> um, but, you know, maybe in meetings, pay attention to the little things that they do. Pay attention to how they talk. Pay attention to how they respond. Maybe they take a pause, right? Maybe they only speak when they know what they're, going, what they're talking about. So pay attention to the characteristics that they have that you really admire and figure out how to apply that to your own plate of attributes. And the importance here, it's not about copying them because when you copy someone, it's not authentic, it's fake, and people can smell it. It's really about mirroring that. Again, when, after you've observed them and you know what's going well, Figure out how you can mirror that into your own life. Figure out how, oh, maybe I do need to pause, right, when mm -hmm. I'm talking. Maybe I do need to not just raise my hand or just jump in all the time. And what it is about them that I can add to my own list of skills to make myself better. Um, so we also have here identify and inspire. And those really go together, right? Identify, again, those traits that you have, but also inspire, because you never know who you are inspiring in the room. You never know who is also looking at you, not being creep, but trying to get those skills and apply that to their own. So always keep that in mind as well. Yeah, yeah I think that's great. I think over my career, um, the first female leader at Raytheon, because I've been there in my entire career, Jeannie Schulmeister, um, worked for her 20, well, 18 years ago. And to this day, I still um, aspire to be a leader like she was because she inspired me uh, during our time together, just the way that she influenced people. Soft-spoken, but was a bad, 
you know, <laughs> leader, you know, um, people, we literally would work, I'm, I swear I felt like 24 hours a day if she needed us to be successful because we believe in her and we wanted her to succeed. Mm-hmm. I mean, at one point, we literally, we had like a cot in the back where people would take naps, yes, but we were okay with that because she was a leader that you always wanted to succeed. Um, and, and of course, I mean, she recognized our achievement. She was just like the best leader. So I was always inspired by her and um, hope, hope that one day I am the leader that she was um, or that she is. Um, so yeah, yeah, I think that is important because people are always watching. Right. Mm-hmm. And so for empathic motivation and, see, and seeking first to understand and then to be understood, mm-hmm. I know um, when people know that you care, that you really care and that you're taking the time to understand from their perception of the world. It, it, it tends to make a difference or just even understanding where they are um, in whatever's going on. Like you said, walking into the meeting and did they wake up wanting to be the worst version of themselves? <laughs> Obviously not, but it's just understanding to be understood. And that was something I had to learn um, very early on because I used to be in the military also. And the military is people from all different walks of life. And um, I used to be a drill instructor. And I was the youngest one in the Army at the time. And so I still looked like a little girl back then. I had a big bun. And so a lot of the trainees were either my same age or older than me, actually. And I had this one trainee, um, we called her Goldie, because she had a mouthful of gold teeth. She was 36 at the time, which to me was old. I was was 24. So I was like, this old lady's in boot camp. And um, she, we, have, we had a lot of stringent rules that we had to follow. And so she was, she was struggling with the physical fitness. And as the drill started, you know, tough, get away from me, private, whatever. So she came to me one time and she said, I need to talk to you. My first response is get away from me. She's crying. She's like, I really need to talk to you. And so I was like, get a buddy, because you can't talk to him one-on-one. Get a buddy and come talk to me. And um, she came with a buddy and she said, uh, Drill sergeant, you don't understand. She says, I have four kids. I had to lie about having four kids to get into the Army. So the Army only knows I have three. I used to be a drug addict. She's like, if I don't pass this, I'm never going to get my kids back. So I'm 24 years old. This is, this is like, to me, it's like, okay, she's 36 with four kids. Like, I'm like all over the place. But she was like, I just need you to help me. So we have these rules, they can't touch, they couldn't touch us. We're not supposed to touch them and they can't touch us, but she couldn't run. Running was something that I had struggled with initially when I came into the military. I was like, this is stupid. Running down the street, singing a song, I'm tired, I'm sweating. <laughs> this is just the stupidest thing, but I had to do it. This is a means to an end. And so me, when I would run, I would trick myself. I would, I would mind trick myself. I look up in the sky, I'm like, you have a family, gotta pay your bills, one foot forward, one, you know, just I talk to myself. And so I shared that with her and I said, but I'm going to break the rules. I'm going to put you in front so nobody can run past you. So that means you own how fast we go, how slow we go. If you feel yourself like you're going to quit, just hold on to my shirt. Don't quit on me and I won't quit on you. And every step you take, say your baby's name. Say your baby's name. She passed, needless to say. She kept in touch with me for like 10 years after that. But I would say for me, and that's, and that's a touchy to say, sometimes you have to think outside of, but having that em- empathy to get things done. 
because because we had to get something done and I did have to go a little bit out of my comfort zone but at a very early age in, in my becoming a leader in, if you will using that title of official in a position I had to learn how to influence and obviously how do you think that influenced other trainees seeing me as the as the DI so when I'm yelling at them they know I'm not just yelling at them because I'm yelling at them I'm really yelling at them because I care it is it does come with the job but I need you to get through this because you have a bigger objective so I just wanted to share about understanding to be understood and so she understood the job that I had to do but I understood where she needed to go as well and we understood each other so that's awesome Ladies, thank you for sharing that. It was great to hear kind of the four components that go into empathetic motivation, but then also the experience of being on the receiving end of having an empathetic leader that you would go into battle without armor with, and then on the other side, being that leader and meeting folks where they are to really influence and bring people along to bring the best versions of themselves into the workplace. All right, and with that, we'll go ahead and talk about the achieving nurturer role. Um, I'm sure several of us can relate um, and have a lot to learn in this in this arena. Yeah, I think I think we all have a, a lot to add to this topic. Um, this achieving nurturer, I think, just just by who we are, um, women are automatically bestowed the great title of nurturer. Um, and then when you look at it in the workplace, you know, how can I use this to my my professional advantage? Mm -hmm. um, and balance the two. You know, we, we talked a lot yesterday about, you know, how do we balance, you know, being naturally a nurturer, but not being seen as the mom of the team. You know, um, mm -hmm. we do, to our advantage, of course, I think we do a great job of um, the recognition, you know, recognizing our team members, whether it is through, you know, verbally acknowledging them during our team meetings or giving out, at Raytheon we do, um, we do achievement awards, spot awards, I'm sure companies do, all companies do something similar. So I think we do a really good job of acknowledging um, people for doing a great job. Um, but how do you balance that so that you're not seen, you're not treated as an equal um, to your counterparts because they are relying on us to plan the Christmas party or the team mm -hmm. luncheon. Yeah. Um, so the story I was telling them is it got to a point where we would go to meetings and of course they were asking um, for the last, you know, role versus role. Um, they were asking, you know, Lawanda, um, you'll take minutes for, no, I, I, I'm not going to be able to take minutes today. John, can you take minutes today? And John would and I would immediately change the subject and <laughs> move on to something else because I didn't want to to be not treated as an equal leader and because I'm the only female, because it happens, I'm sure all of us have, have that story. Mm -hmm. You're in the room and you're only female or the only person of color or both, you know. So how do you make sure that people aren't taking advantage of, you know, that you're the female in the room? Um, I always sit at the table. I always made a point to have a seat at the table. I'm not sitting on the back wall. I don't care if I was the, you know, most junior person in the room. I get there a couple minutes early and I sit at the table. Shauna said she sits at the head of the table. <laughs> I do. I do. I'm not so bold to sit at the head of the table yeah, unless it's my music. She does, and I love it. I love it. I'm, I think I'm going to try that when, it's, when my director's meeting. I'm going to sit at the head and see what she says. But she's a female. I don't think she would care. Um, but 
but I love that. But I, I think, you know, it's important that we balance the two to make sure that we are viewed equal to our peers um, and not doing the traditional, as much as we love, because I love planning events. I mean, I, honestly, for my team, I am the leader, so I have no problem planning the social because um, I'm not worried about what people think. But um, early on when I wasn't the lead in the room, I'm not going to be able to plan the, the work luncheon as much as I'm like, gosh, can we go to, you know, um, unless, unless the whole team is contributing. So what I want to, my takeaway is, you know, just make sure that being the nurturer, um, which is something natural to us, that we balance that at the workplace. Um, you know, at home, you know, I know we wear that hat all the time, but at the workplace to be sure that you are, you're not going to compromise your brand. Um, unless that's the brand you want. If that's important to your brand, then, hey, I'm all for that. But if that's not part of your brand, um, make sure you're aware and you don't get stereotyped into those roles. You're listening to It's a Women's World. Apply the Art of Influence to Own It, a professional development seminar. Featuring Jasmine Brennan, Mariama Beamer, Lawanda Penland dunwell and Shauna Sarson. Brought to you by the Women of Color STEM Conference. Uniting women in STEM by continuing the press for progress. Be sure to check out our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Right. Because you can actually involuntarily be pigeonholed into something. Mm -hmm. And and, and the one thing is once you're in it, it's hard to get out of it. Mm -hmm. It's very, very hard to get out of it. And so you have to be conscious and cognizant of your movements at all times like you said to have your brand at the forefront and it's not so much that you know like I was saying I like to cook but when they when someone's gonna bake or <laughs> no I'm, I'm not because I know that it'll put me in a box that I won't be able to climb out of and so oftentimes I have to consciously tell myself you know that's that's not that's not my role um, and even with sitting at the head of the table, yeah, I do, I, I do. I didn't always do, I do it now. If I, I walk in, I get there early. There's usually two ends and um, I get to the head and um, it's happened and I've laughed. I was sharing with them, the gentleman, he, he kind of looked and he was, he was talking. Actually, I was a little bit late for that meeting, but it was my first meeting because I have a nine to five and a five to nine. And I walked in and I slid up to the head of the table and I had my stuff and he looked and he was still talking and I just looked, I kept walking. So then when he finished, he came to the head and I was like, oh, pull up a chair. And just scoot over a little bit. And da 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 And, um, but guess what happened? That was January. I was new to the organization. And in April, he hired me to come to his department. See, so, and, and I just wrote him a little note. I was like, not, not being, you know, facetious, because I challenged him on something he said as well. I said, but I have 28 years of experience. And he looked at me. I was like, yeah, we need to talk. And then I just still sat there and the people in the room were like, so I'm, like, I'm Shauna, I'm here, you know, but knowing how to balance that as well, because I think it's important to know how to balance that um, as well in knowing the environment and about recognition. We're good at recognizing others, but we also have to ensure that we are properly recognized right. as well, because oftentimes we're good at, you know, pushing our others up front or creating those opportunities, but we, we have to speak out as well. And as, as we're sitting here, I didn't talk about this, but I was in a, a meeting couple of weeks ago and um, I had um, said I'm, I'm new to a position so I was like my calendar isn't up to date and that meeting I need to go to that meeting and so um, my assistant 
is, a, is he's a male, he's an African-American male. He came and he said, so-and-so said you can't go to that meeting. Now, the person who said I can't go to that meeting is a Caucasian woman, and she's junior, like super, super junior to me, like junior, junior. So, of course, that tick, because we all have one, sure. to be honest, that tick was like tick, tick, boom. But the part of protecting my brand was like, okay. So then I gave him some instructions that, you know, when I ask you to do something, I need you to ensure because my calendar should match my male predecessor's calendar. This is the issue. Mm -hmm. My male predecessor, I said, so I'm looking at his old calendar because he gave it to me. I said, so it should match. And, and But for whatever reason, my person was, yeah, I could tell he was visibly afraid to go challenge this other person. So I just got up and went myself. And I walked down and I, I you know, I said a prayer as I was going down. <laughs> and um, I, walked, I walked over, um, you know, I went to her cubicle to find her. And I said, good morning, how are you, you know? And, and she looked at me like, you know, and um, I said, you know, I said, well, I need to be in that meeting needs to be on my calendar, you know, and um, she said, um, no. That's what she said. She said, no, you can't go. So I, I smiled. I said, I said, no, no, I, I'm going to be attending. And uh, she says, well, um, I talked to so-and-so, which is my supervisor, and um, we agreed that you can't go. And I said, and I'm not the, you know, it's something you got to know when to stop. And I said, yeah. I said, okay, I said, I, I think we're crossing, miscommunicating because I think I spoke to him afterwards and I've expressed to him I would like to go to that. And um, she said, well, you need to send me proof. Oh, it got, it, it was deep. She said, you need to send me proof and, um, and then I'll decide if you're going to go or not. So clearly, that she has a relationship with, with my supervisor. I'm not, not an unprofessional relationship. Right, right. He's grooming her to go to the next level. And so with that, sometimes she assumes that she's him. She assumes that she has his authority. So she assumes that she has his power of influence based on his title. So me protecting my brand and protecting my own influence, I said, okay. That's all I said, and I smile. Now y'all know, you can hear the way I talk, you know good and doggone well I wasn't gonna send her no proof. And you know I'm going to that meeting, right? <laughs> but, but what I want to tell you is when I had a conversation with my supervisor, because I know she called him, so I just addressed it when he, he was out. And I said, yeah, I spoke to so-and-so last week. See, yeah. Last week, and we, we had a com com conversation about the meetings. And um, it's really important for those meetings to be on my calendar because um, I'm new to the organization. I don't have the institutional knowledge. Um, and I need to build relationships with people. They need to see my face. They need to know me. I said, and also, you know, I, I was doing it because this is a meeting that was on so-and-so's calendar and my calendar should mirror it. And if, it's, and if I decide that it's a waste of my time, then I won't go. But initially, I need to be invited to all those meetings. And I said, so I don't know what conversations you all had or whatever, but um, I need to be invited to the meetings. Do you know what he said to me? He said, oh, yeah. Well, the reason we weren't, we, we kind of want to keep it as a closed group. You know, it's a really pristine group. See, you got you to catch words. And, and I, once again, tick, tick, tick. But I'm over here like, but what I said to him, I said, so how that translates to me is you're saying I'm not good enough. He said, oh, no, 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 I, I didn't mean it that way. Mm -hmm. I, didn't, I, I, didn't, I didn't mean it that way. I mean, he was really, really backpedaling. But if I had said, you know, what do you definitely believe in being honest when I sit up here and not, lying to y'all telling y'all I have it all together because I don't I still you know have that little tick sometimes and I do I do get offended and I do 
recognize things, but it's also recognizing it and then putting it into the context that you need to put it in. That's why we use that palette. You know, sometimes it's a little red, sometimes it's a little blue, sometimes it's a little green. Sometimes we got to mix up the yellow and make our own version of green, but we have to be, we have to be very strategic. We have to be conscious. We have to be cognizant and we have to move in a way where we are. You see, I was kind of nurturing him, you know, massaging his ego as well. And also, cause that's what I was doing. And I was buying into what he wanted, whether I agree or not, he's, he's a boss. He can influence, he can definitely, he has the power of the pen over me. So I need to be able to have some influence over his power of the pen over me. So I share that to put it in a real relatable context because it's not always going to be easy. It's not always going to be smooth. It's not always going to feel good. You're going to be dealing with somebody who in your mind, you definitely believe they are. Don't deserve where they are. They're not as smart as you. They're not nice, but guess what? They're there. Right. They're there. And one of the things I tell people is I can work with you and not like you and you will never know it because this isn't personal. It's business. But I also know that we still have to have a relationship and it has to be a relationship that I have to nurture and I have to cultivate it. I can like you and tell you you are not doing a good job. But I can say it in a way that I don't tear you down. Right. And I think that's the whole that's that in that nurturer piece yeah. of it. So I just wanted to share that. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you for that. And one um, area that I do want to dive in on this topic with you ladies a little bit further is just around that role versus role. And Lawanda, you shared some of the tactics that you have used to really navigate some of that, um, you know, not taking the meeting minutes and finding other people to engage in that so that you're not bucketed. Um, but what I would say is, you know, can you ladies tell me about any time or any experience you all have had where you have been in that position and you couldn't perhaps delegate to anyone else or get savvy with, you know, getting yourselves out of that achieving nurture, that mom role and, and what that looked like for you. So I can, I can take this. Um, you probably heard, oh, you know, especially when you join an organization, you know, do the jobs, do the things that needs to be done, you know, get to make yourself visible, right? I heard that and I took it the wrong way. Because what I ended up doing was picking each and every task that was left on the table. And guess what? If you were burn, <laughs> you burn out. Mm -hmm. It's a thing. And so what I had to realize, and this is something that one of my managers actually told me. He's like, Mariama, you know the people that actually are up there getting recognized? They are the people that do two or three things, but they do it well. They're not picking everything up. Like, you have... 10 things on your plate and you are me like medium, like you're not, you're not doing 100%, maybe doing 70% on all of them. Bless you. <laughs> Bless you. And that, that one person that only has three things on their plate and they are getting the, the recognition, right? They're getting the rating that you want to have. So I had to really step back and look at my plate and really see what do I actually love? What is on my plate that really builds into my brand? What is on my plate that allows me to be my authentic self and really show my colors? What is on my plate that allows me to emphasize my strengths so that people can recognize them? And I'm going to zoom in on those and I'm going to go 100% on those and I'm going to get recognized for those. So that's one of the ways too, is trying to really, really differentiate. It's not about grabbing everything. And I'm still learning that. I still have my previous lady, my manager, he's actually in a room. He was like, you have to say no. Learn to say no. 
right? Because you hear all this and you want to be up there, but I'm still learning right now as I'm speaking. It's still something that I'm working on, but it's really important. Yeah. It's not about taking all the jobs. It's about taking the ones that you know mm -hmm. can help you make the best impact out there. And that's how you get recognized. But it's one thing also, what about when you are, um, we talked about this, when there is a job that you, a role or job or project or whatever that is out there and you know it's like, this is not yeah. leveraging my talents, mm -hmm. but you've been assigned that project. And so, and you know that potentially it could be because you are the woman on the team or whatever. And um, I shared that I, there was a project in an organization that I was in, it was CFC, you work for the federal government, it was the combined federal campaign. And it was given, and I was like, you know what, <laughs> they don't know who they messing with. And um, I was sharing with them that I took it and I said, you know what, I'm going to make it the best. That's something my grandmother used to say, if you scrub a floor, you, you make it so clean that nobody can scrub that floor the way you scrub it. And um, so I, you know, did the CFC and I, you know, partnered with a, a nonprofit organizations, um, you know, had all these events and I tied it to food, you know, promoting diversity. Like I was like, you know what, I'm going to take this gold star and I'm going to make it a super gold star. And it started getting me a lot of FaceTime with the director. And then we had the large staff meeting and he's come on up, Shauna, and tell us about what great things we're doing. And then it started getting him FaceTime because we were raising all this money and we were partnering with the community. And it, then we had started having these events and these became signature events for the agency for the rest of the time that I was there. I went to the Dollar Tree and I, I had to go to a couple of them and our, our agency colors were blue. So I bought these blue champagne flutes because we could have champagne so that we could pop it at the kickoff, you know, got some cake and everything. Y'all, the next year came. I couldn't even get on CFC. All the associate directors, I'm not, I'm not, my department's doing CFC. No, we have it, we own it. People were fighting over it because they got that time. Now, at first it was like CFC, that's garbage, whatever, it's not important. But I took it, you know, and I knew, I knew that they gave it to me and it was like supposed to be low level, but I made it grand. And sometimes that's another, that's another um, artsy way of owning our influence, if you will. It's like, okay, all right. I'm going to show you, you know, and just make it the best that it can be and make it bigger than they could have ever imagined. Because then when you do that, like Mariam, Mariama said, you will get the recognition and then the recognition that you're supposed to. And obviously, as you said, continue to solidify your brand. And then now you'll get those other opportunities. So that's another way, because it's not always going to be you picking the projects that you want. Sometimes you are going to find yourself in situations where your talent's that you want to use are not necessarily being capitalized on, but how do you get the opportunity to use them? Take it and just make it the best and run with it. Yeah, taking the, taking the lemons and making lemonade. Yes. yes. I mean, there's plenty of opportunity. I mean, pretty plenty of times in my career where, I mean, I've do playing the parties or whatever, but I'm looking at the end goal because now this gives me a chance to interface with such and such leader. And I'm making a point. Um, I do a lot of um, ERG stuff, um, employee resource group stuff, or I used to do a lot. Um, and if there was a leader in the organization that I wanted to meet, whether it was a, a vice president, a president, or whatever, I crafted a <laughs> career development seminar to make sure they were on the panel, mm -hmm. which gave me face time because I'm meeting with them to talk about the panel, and then we would host the panel, whatever it was. Um, and then afterwards, they would see me. And over time, that built, 
you know, a rapport. We're walking to the house, hey, Rwanda, you know, how are you doing? And everybody's looking at me like, how does the president know? <laughs> you know, but I always used it to, even if it wasn't going to benefit me because I, I'm very nurturer, giving, I want to make sure that um, people I know are taken care of also. Um, so if I'm able to connect networks and, I, you know, I do that, but I try to make sure that there is always a benefit to the lemons that I'm handed um, to make sure we get some really yummy lemonade at the end. So yeah, like think outside the box. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Love that. Thank you all for sharing your stories with just being savvy and making lemonade out of those lemons. <laughs> so let's go ahead and segue over to actually our last slide. Um, and it's all about strategizing that influence. Yeah, so um, basically creating a solid foundation of, of what your influence is. Um, Understood, just building upon it, um, knowing, you know, hey, okay, this is who I am, creating that trait inventory. I'm going to skip around a little bit, that trait inventory. And how do you do that? The first is um, understanding your strengths and weaknesses. Like I said, I have a tick. I know it. That's a weakness, you know, because tick, tick, boom. Um, knowing that you have that, it would make you laugh too, but knowing that you have that, knowing that, you know, this, these are areas that I'm weak in, you know, I'm one, um, I have really great listening skills, but one thing was my facial expression. You know, and I had to, yeah, it's strong, very strong. And see, I know, oh, I know, trust me, I know, I come with a whole lot of stuff. And, but, but knowing that, knowing, knowing that um, and, and owning it and see, so I put it out there. I like to pick on myself because it makes people comfortable with, with dealing with me because I, I know what people see when I'm, when I'm, I know what they expect before they see me. Mm -hmm. I know what they see when I walk into the room. I talked about this yesterday before I ever open my mouth, especially as a woman of color, if it's another woman of color, because I know how we look at each other. I know how the world looks at us. So the first thing people think when they see me is I'm stuck up. I, I know it because my head is in the air. You know, I probably got the labels. And, She's at the boss know, table. Da, da, da. Yeah. And then, I, and, then, and then I walk in and sit at the head of the table like, who does she think she is? You know, and... Um, and then I open my mouth and my voice doesn't match the stereotypes with how I look. And then so it's like, you know, I told my new supervisor, I said, I'm a walking contradiction. I was like, do you know who Janelle Monet is? I'm that. I'm walking contradiction. And he's looking at me like, uh, yeah. And I was like, no, I know. I know. You know, and I make people comfortable with it, you know, and I pick on myself and I, I put it out there um, so that we can have those conversations you know, because obviously I need to have, I need to be able to influence. I need to create these win-win scenarios so that you're winning, but I got to win too. Yeah. This is the reality. And we don't, we don't say it that way, but let's be real. I got to win too. And winning is not just a paycheck. Winning is a career. Winning is recognition. We spend a lot of time in our careers. That's part of our self-actualization, if you will. So I have to win too. So how do I create these win-win scenarios? And then how do I create this comfortable work environment? Because we were talking right before this, and um, I was talking about how we had an intern right. at one place that I used to work. And um, I had a great relationship with my supervisor, and he's deceased now, but at the time I had a great relationship with a Caucasian male, and, um, and I was his senior advisor. And so we had this college intern, and she'd come in, and she had this wig. I knew it was a wig. You know, it's this lace front and this big, you know, wig. And so... You know, she was kind of um, extra. That's the word I'll use. You know, she, she hadn't gotten it yet. So some, you didn't know if she was coming. 
work or she was gonna be a music video, but you know, and it was, it was what it was. I mean, she had a really nice, she has a really nice body and went, this is funny, one day she walked by and this guy was getting smoke a cigarette and the cigarette fell on the ground. Like she, that's what it is, what it is, right? So she comes in and, and you know, um, and of course they, they wanted me to be her mentor. She didn't even work for me. Why, you know, I'm like, I don't, wanna, I don't wanna deal with that, but that's how it works. So she comes in this day and she has the wig on. No, she switched it. She had a short blonde. It was a Monday. So, you know, I'm walking in, I'm like, okay, she switched it up. You know, like, <laughs> so that afternoon, this is how I learned about Tinder, being around the young people, she was on Tinder. So she had a lunch date. So she's changed. So now I'm coming back from something and I saw and I was like, no, nah, I know I'm not going crazy. <laughs> blonde wig gone. So I said something to her, like, I, I said, what, what, what you doing? And she was like, oh, I had a date. And I, I said, oh, okay. Like, so I said, you, you know you can't do that, right? And she said, well, what do you mean? I, I said, you messing me up. So, so I know you, you mess, you're messing the people who don't look like us up. Later that afternoon, my supervisor was in my office and we were talking. And, um, and he was like, so what's going on with, he said her name. I said, you know what? I said, she threw me for a loop today. Did you see how she switched up her hair? He said, oh, I was, thought it was just me. And, and, and so we had a conversation. He knew that he could come to me and we could talk about it. And we were both in there laughing. He was like, I was like, oh my gosh. And he said, so, but you don't wear, you don't wear the lace, the, the lacy fronts. I said, no, I don't, I don't lacy. wear wigs. I don't, I don't wear wigs. But just having that conversation and right. you were saying that, but that's also part of my, my inventory. I use, I use all of that to my advantage, you know, so that I can influence things. And I know my strengths and I know, I know my weaknesses. And there are times when I'm, I'm an introvert, believe it or not. Yeah, I am. <laughs> and, um, but I don't, I, I will not talk. I, I will, I will not talk. And so when I, because when I do talk, I just say what I mean, what I say, and then I shut down, you know, um, and it's literally on and off. I don't have a middle. Just notice when I'm up here and then I'm looking at the ladies, I'm paying attention. I'm on and I'm off, literally. And I know that about myself. I, I, know, I know that in understanding where, where I'm strong and understanding where I'm weak, but also even when we were building for this panel, how we met and we collaborated, you know, we even switched our seats if you noticed us because we knew where, hey, you know, I can lean to the left here, I can look here and look and, you know, know that this person has this point. And that's all about influence. You know, knowing that, hey, the way Jasmine is going to influence you all is going to be definitely beneficial. It's going to be different from Shauna. But then Mariama is going to come over here and she's going to influence. And then Lawanda's going to influence. And we're literally like passing the baton. Right. But, but we're getting it done. And so that's, if you really see here, we, we capitalize on a trait inventory. We took our inventories and we collectively brought them together to bring you this flower, this colorful presentation this afternoon, just to talk about, you know what, it is our world and we definitely have a place in it, just like our male counterparts. And understanding that we have traits that they don't have, that we can leverage mm -hmm. to get to the same common goal mm -hmm. in our workplace. Yeah. I love, I love the story. And Thank I wanna you. add, cause we're talking about creating your brand, right? And being true to yourself and being your authentic self. So if you are like that, this person who wants to change and that's truly who you are, you want to flip flop one day 10 times, that's okay, but you have to have a solid foundation. We have that on the screen. By having a safe space, mm -hmm. you know people are confused. Mm -hmm. 
So go. <laughs> Make it safe for them to say, I'm confused, right? Yeah. Go and like she said, be playful around. Be like, oh, did you like in my morning hair? Because now I have my evening hair. Make it, create that solid foundation. That way people are still able to approach you and people don't form an opinion. We talk about perception of you. Have a say in that. Influence that as well. You know, if you're going to be that person, own it. If whoever you are, own it. But at the, core, at the bottom of it all, understand that, you know, yesterday we were talking about bonnets. Right? Yeah. We're talking about, I, I'm not going to bed without it. If I, if I left in Wichita, I would go to Walgreens and get my body. I'm not going to sleep without it. But see, if I say that, some people might not know what I'm talking about. Right? It's, it's like a winter hat. Is she talking about, she sleeps in the winter. What is she talking about? So, it is a nightwear. It's a very soft silk, silk that you put on your hair before you go to bed. It's, yes. it's like this in the morning. Um, <laughs> But the point here is, you know, open up, right? Talk to people and allow them to trust you enough to be comfortable around you. And that's really, again, how you make that difference. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know where we are. How, yeah. how are we doing? So at this point, we should actually go ahead and open it up for any audience questions that we might have. Yes. And if you have questions, we ask that you step to the mic because it is a recorded session. And just tell us your name and your company. No, you please come to the mic. Uh, yeah, they, they, uh, CCG records the sessions. Yes. So. Well, ladies, thank you. Can you hear me? Yes. yes. Thank you for that marvelous, mar marvelous dialogue. I am really touched. And I just have to say really quickly, I, I did come in late. You in the red, your name? I am Shauna. Shauna. That story about the empathy of you letting her hold on to you, I was in tears. Mm -hmm. Because we all probably will have a point where we need that. We just need to hold on. Yeah. And so you sharing that, I hope with others, will let people hold on every now and again. Oh, thank you. But my question to you, to the forum, I say the E word. You know, when people say, you're so passionate. Um, and like you, I show my emotion, I didn't want to say the E word, on my face. I, I wear my feelings on my face. So I wanted you guys to share, how do I learn to grow or flex that muscle where I don't show it? Like there's a point where you, you started to learn like, okay, I'm showing it, and then you get stronger and stronger, and then to a point where it doesn't show. I need to know the transition. Because I, I'm not, <laughs> I need the steps. <laughs> I need the program. <laughs> so, so for me, um, I talk to myself a lot, to be honest with you. Not because I'm crazy or anything like that. But um, I, have a, I have a YouTube channel, so I have to talk to myself. But I, I look in the mirror a lot. And um, I talked about the influencers that I know, like Beyonce. Um, and I, took, I, I study the influencers because you have to know if you've ever gone to Beyonce concert, how, how does she always get her face right? Like she had to study. She had to practice like in the mirror, like I'm conscious two of these lines because I'm starting to get these lines. I may have to get some Botox up here. <laughs> but, but being conscious of your facial expressions. And I was telling Mariama when we were outside and I was telling you, we were talking. Um, my facial expressions are very strong. And if I don't like someone or I don't like something that they're saying, you, you, if you don't know me, you won't know. But if you know me, you'll know. I look down first. 
it's literally a consciousness of me, get yourself together. And then I look back up and, um, and I'll focus literally on their eyes and just don't make a face because, you know, the eyebrows will start going up, you know, and, and sometimes I literally have to clasp my hands, you know, to get myself together. Um, but it's conscious. And, and if I'm going to do a presentation, oftentimes, like now I've done it a while, you can say it comes natural for me, but initially it wasn't as natural. Like I, if people that follow me on social media, they can go down and these good morning, da, 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 cause I was so focused on trying to remember and giving myself that space, but knowing like going in and out, you know, it's a timing thing. Like sometimes I'll tell a lot of jokes, but I can't be up here joking all the time because I'm not a comedian. I need you to take me seriously. But then I smile. I smile because I am genuinely a happy person. I'm very fortunate, but I smile because it, I'm told I have a nice smile. I take care of these teeth. But also to balance this voice, to balance, to balance this voice in these non-verbs. And so I smile and I'm very expressive in my speaking. Um, but also giving myself permission to um, also let it be known when I don't like something. But, but knowing it's a time and a place for everything, you know, and, and knowing this is not the right environment to do that. This is because you don't want to embarrass the other person or put them on the defense. Mm -hmm. And then, I'm, I mean, I'm a black woman, so that's my perspective. I, I study all the stereotypes about us, you know, angry, bad attitude, um, combative, um, you know, whatever. And so I take ownership of defending myself against those stereotypes. Is it fair? No. But I know, I know that people's perception, you know, hey, I can't con compete with um, the Real Housewives franchise, okay? And I know that sometimes people watch that and they see that, so everyone is that. Everyone that looks like that is that. So is it fair? No, but it is what it is. Like I used an analogy yesterday about playing cards. It's the hand I've been dealt. And I've actually had this conversation with my uh, Caucasian male superiors. Like, this is the hand I've been dealt. And I have to play this hand because I'm not going to get another hand. Unless you know something, unless they got some soap that's going to wash it off, I'm going to be black. I'm going to be a woman. And, and with that, I have to own that, even with the, my aging process. And I've made it comfortable enough for my Caucasian male counterpart to tell me, stop dyeing your hair. He said, because you need that gray because you don't look old, and so people question your seat at the table. So, you know, I had to embrace this lightning bolt. I really didn't want that, because I like trying to pass the 39 or whatever. But, but, but I, I needed my change, I needed my coins. So I had to, you know, um, definitely embrace, embrace that and use it as part of my palette, if you will. Yeah. So for me, it's just practicing, you know, especially, especially if you know that you're getting ready to have to deal with somebody you don't like, like I knew I had time to prepare for that conversation with my supervisor. Right. I even, but I even took time to prepare before I went to her cube, you know, cause I felt some kind of way that I got to go to this cube to talk to you. But I did it. You pointed out the cube. I left my office to go to her cube. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. And, but, but being, being honest with yourself and assessing that and I prepared myself before and then this is another thing I will, I will tell you, I have mastered not giving people my first reaction. Thank you. Yeah, so. Hi, thank you all for being here. Um, my name is Courtney, I'm from Aerotech. So during this entire presentation, all I've been thinking about is 
I'm a young professional and I'm trying to establish my brand. Um, what is your best advice for somebody that is new in uh, the corporate world and how I can get there um, to the level that you guys are at? Oh, I'll take this to start with. Um, what I did years ago, and I feel like it was like last year. Um, I think I told you about my attire. I was very aware of what I wore to work, regardless of what others, uh, my peers did. Um, I also made sure that um, technically I was the best, the best I could be. You know, um, I, yeah, if I needed help, I asked for help. Um, I also tried to get as much face time with my supervisor as I could, um, getting, being open to receiving um, honest feedback. Um, because, you know, everybody loves the, oh, you're great, and you did a great job. And, you know, for me, that was, okay, but where do I need to improve? Right. Because right. I right. want to know how do I get to the next level? Yes. Right. And that's yes. important to make sure whatever, whenever you're having your uh, mid-year or however the reviews happen, um, you get that honest feedback on what do I need to do to get to the next level? Mm -hmm. You know, how do I, you know, fill those gaps and then what opportunities are out there and then start looking for opportunities to fill those gaps. Mm -hmm. um, whether it is maybe you are doing the things that you don't want to do that's not enhancing your skill. But these are gaps that your manager perceives. So I'm volunteering to be the uh, cost account manager um, without CAMs or whatever it is, you know, that's what I would do. Yeah. And really know your strengths. That's another one, too. I think I talked about that earlier as well. Um, know your strengths and really capitalize on your strengths. And, you know, reach out to people. Ask. You talk about asking for help. That's important. You know, um, I always, one, time, one day I discovered that the people I admire, I could be like, hey, can we go for lunch or breakfast and get information from them? And they are more than happy to share that with you. Mm -hmm. And you learn so much more. So reach out to the people that have the role that you want to have ask them out for breakfast, brunch, lunch, whatever it is, and just ask questions. And get your five words. Get your yeah, five yeah. words. I wrote that down. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Hello. Hi. Um, um, well, you guys are all great. Um, Chana, I think I related to you a lot. Um, I'm not from, like, a company. I'm just from school, 21 years old. Um, but I think my main question is, I'm really, people call me like snappy or like I just say something quick, like if I think something or I feel something, I'll say it. Um, and a lot of times I come off like the angry black woman already. Like people always say that to me, oh, she's just an angry black woman. She's just angry. She's just mad. And it's really, I think it's annoying because everybody else can say something, but when I say something, it's a problem. Or even just like, I guess, with how I was raised, because I'm African, so a lot of my aunts are like, my mom told me, you need to be subtle. You need to be, you're a woman, you're a lady, you don't say that. You don't, why are you so loud? But I have a lot of things to say. I just want to know how to say them. And people listen without getting like offended or being too sensitive. People are really sensitive. <laughs> okay, I'm going to take that yeah. one. All right, where are you from? I'm from Uganda. It's in East Africa. I'm from Benin, West okay. Africa. So I know. <laughs> when I met my husband, he's American, and I would be on the phone with my mom or my sister, he'd be like, what are you guys fighting about? We're just talking. Actually, we're talking, we're talking about something great. Like, we are not fighting at all. And so I know what you're talking about. And we were talking about Beyonce earlier. You know, she has Sasha. 
Matias mm -hmm. and Beyonce, mm -hmm. I had to develop a persona. All right, and it's part of your brand. Mm -hmm. I am not at home with my kids who I am at work when I'm, I'm in a meeting or I'm running a meeting, right? So it goes back to the five words. How do you want people to perceive you? Focus on that, right? Um, I, people are sensitive, right? Especially nowadays, everything is a big deal. Mm -hmm. But you get, again, we talked about influence. You get to influence that based on how you want people to see you. Mm -hmm. So decide that for yourself, especially if you're at work. Decide, you don't have to react, right? She talked about looking down a little bit. I heard someone talk about biting their lips. Mm -hmm. When somebody, someone said, bite your lip in the inside of your lips so it doesn't mm -hmm. show. Mm -hmm. uh, but as a conscious way for you to pause. Pause before you speak, but really, really decide the perception that you want to have. You get to write your narrative. Mm -hmm. No one else does. Mm -hmm. You get to tell them, I am not the angry black woman. This is who I am. Mm -hmm. So decide that for yourself and project it out there. But also, I say give people some texture. They, people w don't know that you're not from the United States always. And so they're, they're judging you, and it's unfortunately, but that's the word. They're judging you based on their perception and where they're from. So provide that texture, you know, sometimes just letting people know, you know, I'm, I wasn't raised in this country, and, you know, my culture is different, and, and sharing that so that they will understand that it's a cultural thing as opposed to an angry thing. Mm -hmm. So how do you um, respond um, assertively without seeming angry? Because I don't want to be silenced. Like, I'm not the type of person. Like, I don't want to change because people want to, like I said, be sensitive. When you just smile, yeah. it, believe it or not, yeah. that just something as simple as a smile, mm -hmm. um, it will soften it that, you know, and, and just saying it, it's, it's, it's a skill. You have to develop it. It's literally, you're going to have to develop it over time. You're 21, and so you, ha you have to develop it. Uh, looking, at, looking at your facial expression, so you'll know what you're communicating mm -hmm. when you think certain things. Like you're, now you're like squinting because you're okay. thinking yeah. and you're focusing. Mm -hmm. But if I'm a, a Caucasian male and all I've ever seen is the women on, I'm going to pick on the housewives, and they squint before somebody throws a glass of water in somebody's <laughs> face. I'm like, is she, is she about to throw, to throw water in my face? Mm -hmm. She made you laugh, but I made you think as well. Yeah. And understanding that what is, what is his perspective and what is, what, how does he look at the world? What's his perception so that you can manage the two perceptions? Not saying you have to change who you have to be, but so that you can control the situation. Okay. And I also realize that being assertive does not mean you have to raise your voice. Yeah. Um, you can be assertive and smile. Because yeah. a lot of times, my tip, and that was for the, I was going to mention this for the ladies, um, if I know I'm walking into a contentious meeting and I know I'm going to not be happy because my face, I will... I take water or tea, so before I, you know, because that'll give me a chance to regroup before I respond, and I try to respond respectfully because I want people to talk to me with respect. Mm -hmm. You know, we can both get our points across without yelling yeah. and screaming, and you know, uh, luckily I work from home a lot, so literally exactly. I'm on the phone like. <laughs> <laughs> So, no, I, I totally think we can work through this. I, I mean, I am 100% on board and finding a good solution. But I'm sitting here looking at the phone like, are you crazy? You know, they don't know that. Um, yeah. I, I joke with my manager. I'll tell her after a while. I was like, she's like, oh, my gosh, no wonder you were so calm and cool. That's her thing. She's like, you were so calm. I'm like, I was over here, like, giving this phone, like, this crazy eye. Like, this dude is crazy. But he doesn't know it. So all that to say, you know, 
just try to be respectful, you know, not raise your voice. You can feel because you want to be, um, when you raise, because we are black women, you mm-hmm. know, the second we raise our voice, I know I'm become, I become angry. Even though he just did it and he just did it and, and she, she just, just did, did it and it's okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to feed into that stereotype. I know we have to carry the weight of mm-hmm. the, but we do. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are the cards we were dealt and that's what we have to do. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to stay calm. I'm going to stay cool. I'm going to respond with a smile inside. I might be using all kind of profanity. <laughs> they don't need to hear. So. Yes. Okay. Thank you so much. Awesome. Well, ladies, I know we still have three more on the question line. We're actually out of time. So I invite you all after we wrap up to connect with our three panelists. Before we do, please join me in giving them a round of applause and thank you, ma'am. <laughs> And with that, have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you for listening to It's a Women's World. Apply the Art of Influence to Own It, a professional development seminar. Featuring inclusion and diversity business partner for Aerotech, Jasmine Brennan. Advanced technical content developer for NetApp Incorporated, Mariama Beamer. Lawanda Penland Dunwell of Raytheon Company, and CEO of Sarsons LLC, Shauna Sarson. If you have enjoyed this presentation, be sure to attend the Women of Color STEM Conference. For more information on how you, your company, or organization can take part, visit www.womenofcolor.net. For college students, contact us at 410-244-7101.